hey, to all my female baggage droppers out there, I have a question for you. Do you like gold or silver? Well, at Brienne and Company Jewelry Store, you can find anything that you like. That's right. Brienne and Company is a jewelry boutique that has durable, minimalist jewelry. She uses genuine pearls, local shells and sea glass, natural gemstones, and of course, precious metals. And these are all quality handcrafted designs by Brienne Light herself. Go and visit her at her website, brienneandco.com, or go to her Instagram that's always popping at Brienne and Company. Thanks, Brienne. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all my baggage droppers around the world, welcome to another episode of the Drop Your Baggage Podcast, where we talk to people that are dope, that can bring you hope, and teach you a technique that can help you cope. And uh, today, I mean, I am your host today, and every day for that matter, the self-talk engineer, Charles Wolfork, and I have an incredible guest that I have been so excited and honored to have on the show, Jojo Pa Maria in Saroma. She is from the West Coast. She is a shamanic organizational development consultant and infuses emotional and spiritual intelligence into the spiritual of instead of practice of organizational development. She helps groups and organizations in becoming the best version of themselves. She is also a classical pianist, a classic movie buff, a huge fan of the Marvel Comics universe, and dances to samba music. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you Jojo Pa Maria in Saroma. What's up, Jojo Pa Maria? What a wonderful intro. I'm going to hire you now. <laughs> <laughs> I will go on the road with you. I'm telling you, I am up for hire. <laughs> <laughs> You are by far one of the most fascinating spiritual beings that I have ever met on this planet. And it is such an honor to have met you, quite honestly, but also to have you on this show so I can be a blessing. Uh, And so everyone that listens to this podcast can get the blessing of what you're all about as well. So please, for the besides you know what i just told people tell us you know let's let's dig into your story like so where did it all start out with you being the the spirit that you are today and wow i'm just a little black child from wilmington delaware (laughs) the hospital i was born in ain't even there no more (laughs) Wilmington memorial they tore it down uh yeah, you know, it's uh, really important and, and, and really fascinating. I start my story out in the South um, and that my mama, uh, Dolores, grew up in a shack with a tin roof, pot belly stove, um, and they had to go to the well to get water. She was born in 1933, so during the depression, right. Mm-hmm. And moving into war, mm-hmm. we'll never see these people on the planet again. I mean, just amazing, amazing human beings. So she goes from that beginning to us emigrating to New York city, landing on Staten Island. When I was about one year old, my brother and sister, uh, my sister probably was four. My brother was three and she coming from the Jim Crow South, right. Cause she went to an all black, high school, coming from the Jim Crow South, where your choices were, you were lucky and you could get some education and you could become a teacher, you could become a nurse, which she did attempt to become a nurse, or you could become a domestic servant where you were doing laundry, cleaning somebody's house, you know. Um, 
And those really were kind of the basic choices that you had um, for how you were going to experience your life. Mm -hmm. So she comes up to New York and she breaks into New York City. And my mother in her life went from working as a teller at what was then called just um, First National Citibank and worked her way up to becoming a vice president management where she had the um, responsibility to open and close the bank. And the, and the big piece about that is you have to have all of the money balance. Mm. So she had a photographic memory. So if the computer went down, she could go through the list from the drawers of every teller yeah. and find out where the discrepancy was. Yo, yeah. your mom was yeah. brilliant. Mama was brilliant. Yeah. But because of that background and just the times, right, that people grew up in where they didn't really have easy access and they didn't have the, con the luxury, I call it, of opening up to, okay, what is my wound? What's my core wound? Right. Where is it that I'm blocked? So she never really was able to really value herself and feel herself as worthy and mm -hmm. really understand how brilliant she was. That, yeah. was a, that was a big thing for a lot of, for all Black folks back then. There was, yeah. there was yeah. no space or room to have mm -hmm. that type mm -hmm. of, type of uh, reflection right. or right. Th th to build your self-esteem in that way manner. But like people, like I, I, I read about folks like Madam C.J. Walker or right. Frederick Douglass. Right. And those folks, they, they knew something different, though. They had a different type of consciousness. Yes. For the majority. Exactly. For the and majority, they were the way though. showers, mm -hmm. you know. People like mm -hmm. that were were way showers. A lot of people in the um, like Hattie uh, McDaniel, who played the maid in Gone with the Wind. That's why that movie still needs to be kept showing, because people need to get those black actors and what they went through right. to even be in those roles to do that work and how brilliant they are, because they get something like 30 seconds of screen time, yeah. screen time right yeah. here and there. But you watch them like you can't take your eyes off them. You can't take your eyes off of Butterfly McQueen. She mm. is brilliant in that role because, and you actually believe that the time most people believe that's who they are. You right. know, no, they were acting. <laughs> they were acting. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, you know, just incredible, incredible people. And so, yeah, it's been a, it's been a long time coming. And so, I I always like to honor my ancestors, especially my mom, yeah. in telling my story because my job was to really bridge to really bridge between that level of mental model where life is about struggling and suffering and you've mm -hmm. got to be 200% in order to be in the rat race and to play the game. My mother was among the first African-Americans allowed into corporate America. Hey, people real. don't get this. this we talk in the 60s. See? It no. ain't been that long, you know? And, uh, and she's a little woman too. She was only like 4'11". You know, wow. she, she like a little Napoleon. She ran that thing. I come wow. in there and people be like, she liked this at home. I said, oh, honey, you have no idea. <laughs> because my mama, my mama, I was more afraid of my mama than any, any, you know, body teasing me, any kind of peer pressure. No, yeah. you did not want to stand before Dolores and tell her that you had messed up or something was wrong. Like it wasn't happen. Yeah. A crazy amount of excellence Ooh. that was expected at all times. Oh huh? my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. You can't breathe. You can't breathe. <laughs> so my job is to bridge that gap to mm -hmm. really live off of the fruits of their labor and to really become the truth of who I am versus who it is. I think I have to be in order to survive. 
Yeah. That's a huge paradigm shift. Very That's much a really so. huge paradigm shift. Yeah. The, the, that sounds like a bit of the ego as well as the expectation. So it's the ego of who do I have to be? That's right. why, like with the other eyes being uh, that are coming upon you, but also right. with with the cultural, um, the cultural way and the cultural norms that you have to be a certain way in order to be uh, successful in uh, this in this life, you know, within right. our society. So it's exactly. like. Is that the the type of uh, paradigm shift that you're talking about? Right. Definitely. You know, definitely. And, um, you know, I was very, very um, fortunate to come from a family that really valued education. Like they were just clear. You know, I was talking about going to college when I was in kindergarten. Like, it, yeah, this is what you do. And previously, only one person in our family completed and got a college education. And that was my aunt, Alice, who became an English teacher. But she survived Boston University at the end of the 50s. Um, but, you know, this, my family really valued education. And, um, you know, I was what they would call now a gifted child because I could read at the age of two. And the trick is that I learned very visually. And I, my, I can, I got some of my mama's photographic memory. I don't have it all. Her and mm -hmm. my grandmother had it too, but I got mm -hmm. enough of it mm -hmm. that if people were talking and there were words associated with it, that I was seeing, mm -hmm. bam, it's in my head. I know it. And one of my favorite stories to tell comes from my grandmother, where I'm on a bus with her. We're coming, you know, going back home and we pass the movie theater marquee in mm -hmm. St. George and Staten Island. And I'm like, you know, about two years old. And I'm like, Grandma, Grandma, look, it's the lost world. My mama told me she's going to take me to see that movie and she ain't take me yet. I'm fussing, right? You know, right. so a white woman happens to be sitting across from us and she's like shocked. Yeah. Did she just read that? My grandmother's like, yes. She reads. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I did very, very well at school. It, it was, it was very, it was easy for me because I just, I learned that way, you know, yeah. but there are people who don't learn that way. It doesn't mean they're stupid, you know, no. but our educational system, unfortunately has been set up and still to a large degree for one way of learning, you know, one, one type of intelligence. And so, you know, I was considered a gifted child and I could remember things. And I also, at the time, and also this is a gift from my family, is that we believed in spirituality, mm -hmm. that we believed in ancestors and beings from the other side. Um, my grandmother uh, taught me that you don't have to see them with your own eyes. You can see them with your third eye so that you're not going to be so afraid. And she said, they're just messengers. They come to give you a message. She's like, they ain't got no body. You don't want to have the body. So you're in control. You ain't got to be scared of them, child. You know? Wow. And, uh, yeah. And so I could always see and hear dead people as they say right um <laughs> <laughs> wow and talk know. to animals and trees and all this stuff and that's just normal for me you know yeah. I mean, yes i have a very active imagination but that's part of you know what being spiritually awake is about is that you go into that realm you go into that part of the brain mm -hmm. and um so when i uh become 40 years old and no it was before i was 40 i'm, I'm lying it was i was about 36 years old and i get tapped by a good friend of the family who was like um 
you know, somebody I deeply respect because when we were growing up, this was the big kid in the block, right? Yeah. She took care of all of us. Mm-hmm. So she tapped me and she said, you have this gift and it's time for you to start using it. She gave me a copy of the Celestine Prophecy and then a book called In the Company of Prophets mm. that was written by a Black woman who got on a bus, went down south, and just went and researched and met with and recorded all of these different spiritualists that you know were called. Mm-hmm. To, and she wanted to show me that you know what you're doing is not an anomaly. This is part of our tradition. Mm-hmm. You know? And of course, as I got more into it, I learned about what comes from Africa you know, that we did bring over as part of the diaspora that we did not forget. And so um, I began to open up to it to realize that, okay, you know, I'm able to hear these messages and see things for people. Mm -hmm. um, And it's designed to to help them, you Mm -hmm. know, and so just began to delve into that. And about four years into that, I just one day said, and I had her and another person who were my spiritual mentors, which is a blessing. You know, everybody needs that because it's very easy to get caught up in the egoic part of your spiritual gifts. And that can take you into some real trouble. Um, so my two mentors always told me, you know, what is this is unique to you. You mm-hmm. don't compare yourself to anybody. You don't need a guru. You ain't need to be following nobody. Ain't about that. If you're going to learn something, learn it and then take it. Boom. It's yours. Don't you ever, ever treat yourself like you are less than. Mm. Yeah. They mm. kicked my butt. Oh, yeah. they Yeah. Clear. And so that kept me that helped me avoid a lot of the traps that unfortunately yeah. I know a lot of people walking a spiritual path can get into. It's and so, like- so I. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. So, like, you never ca- got uh, gave into the traps, uh, like, of material materialism or the material right. world, right? Exactly, exactly. Or you know, beyond that, kind of that. This is what makes me worthy. This is mm. what makes me important. Yeah. This is what makes people like me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That people validation. want my attention. You know that kind of thing. Wow. That's big yeah, traps. I, the big time. I I, I fell big into traps. those traps really early with uh, seeking acceptance from others. So for you to right. dodge right. that bullet, that's that's quite impressive, and that's that expedites the whole the whole um, process and journey when it comes to growth as well. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. You know, because you are in a vulnerable position. Big you know, time. because now it's no longer just, oh, something that I do. It's something I'm to do for other people, Amen. you know, and that's yeah. a that's there's a big difference in that. And then learning your boundaries, you know, giving them boundaries because, you know, spirits will take over. They'll take over your voice. They'll take over your face. They'll take over your body. They will take over. And so you have to set the boundary and tell them this is how we're going to work. Okay. <laughs> you stay over there. I'm over here. I'll take your message and share it. Like we ain't doing no of that, that stuff. You know? Wow. Yeah. But yeah. there are people that can do that, but usually they get, they get very supported in that because that's, that's a lot. You yeah. Know? Have you seen the movie ghosts with, um, Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. Whoopi Goldberg. Oh my yeah. God. They did that <laughs> so well. Cause that is kind of like what it is. Not love it. You'd be fussing with them. Tell them get out. You know? Oh my God dude too great too okay great. okay yeah. so was there ever any fear <laughs> with dylan like in this realm you know not 
fear from the realm as much as fear of, am I going to say, tell somebody something and it's going to be harmful. Yeah. Mm. That was my biggest fear. And so then I had to learn that I wasn't God, that just because I have a gift doesn't mean I'm God. Right. And so spirit one day said to me after I was working with somebody and I was really in that, oh, did I tell too much? Did I say too much? You know, and they said to me, now, if this person goes out from you and gets hit by a bus, are you responsible for that? And I was like, because at first I'm feeling like, and then I had this pull back and I like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm back to what my mentors told me, keep yourself humble, which right. means understand your limitations understand what it is that you're really doing. Mm-hmm. Don't make up what you think you're doing. Be clear about what you're really doing. You are just a messenger. You have no power over anybody's ability to act on what you say or yeah. doing. No, Mm-mm-mm-mm. leave that alone. I'll leave that right alone. Did that so you, that was really helpful. Did that give you permission to go ahead and know that anything and everything that you say is, is what's supposed is what's meant to be said? <laughs> What will happen is with certain people at certain times, I will stop and I will ask them, am I supposed to share this? And they'll tell me yes or no. Mm -hmm. And there are times when they say, no, this is just for you to have consciousness of, right? but you're not to share it. So you always ask for permission. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And that, go ahead. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to have your guides to know who's walking with you. Um, and who's working with you because you can't do this stuff alone. You, you definitely need help. And that's the other piece that's really hard for people growing up in Western culture. Cause we, this lone ranger stuff, but you know, mm-hmm. but no, you, you have to have help and, and you have to develop a relationship with those guides. You know, you have to really honor them and, um, you know, understand, have that, that ongoing relationship. So yeah, yeah that's work. This this is so fascinating. My my grandmother was something called Geechee. You ever heard of Geechee? Oh God, yes. So Geechee, they brought a lot a lot of the culture from Africa and West Africa. They were able to maintain it. Yes, yes, and they a lot of them still live over in um, South Carolina to this day. And my mom tells me a story and. I don't know if I'm, I'm going to tell the story. I hope my mom doesn't listen to this. So she said that my grandmother was a, you could call her a rougher woman. She used to, she liked to hang out in the hood and she used to work at this bar called the cozy corner. Okay. And um, she used to live with a pimp mm-hmm. and I believe she had a, a, a boyfriend at one time and the boyfriend and her got into a fight. My, my, my grandma, oh, Nana, she, she, Nana she, she, used to throw it down. Oh, my yeah, Nana could throw down. hands, right? My Nana could throw hands. So yeah. Nana, like after the fight, my mom said that Nana was praying for mm. the guy. And she prayed for him. And she was like on the bed, on the corner of the bed, rocking. eyes closed and rocking. Mm. And the next day, the guy got shot. Mm. And right then there, my mom was like, please don't ever pray for me (laughs) 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 like yo i mean hopefully the story is she got a message that he was in trouble and she was trying to pray that he would survive (laughs) and hopefully 
what's going on but baby let me tell you hey for real yeah, yeah no it is for real it is um you know there is what we call the, the twilight mastering of doing spiritual work because mm. that's really the first realm that you encounter when you go out um to connect um you're going to come to the to that realm to the twilight master realm and so you have to very consciously you know, that's why you'll see um, people cover their heads, you know, they're covering up this part of their head. Yeah. They, that's why you wrap your head up, mm -hmm. because you don't want to be influenced by that level mm -hmm. of consciousness. Yeah, you don't want to be messing with them Twilight Masters. You know, leave, leave it alone, you know, because whatever you put out, it's going to come back. That's the law of the cosmos. Amen. Whatever you put out, it's going to come back. Law of circulation mm. and the law of reciprocity for that matter. Exactly, exactly. So you, know, you have to do this work from a very clean place, I call it. You have to be very clean. Yeah. How did you, when you first began on your journey, how did you clean your energy? Yeah, so a big part of it is to begin to self-master. And self-mastery is where I have to know what my shadow is, what my shadow stuff is. And of course that comes from our core wound, right? We all have a core wound, some mm -hmm. kind, sometimes it's trauma. Sometimes it's just a disappointment. Sometimes it's the divorce that happens in a family. Um, sometimes it's growing up around people who have drug and alcohol problems, yeah. you know, whatever. We're all going to have this core wound. It mm -hmm. impacts us in a way and it will crazy glue um, certain kinds of behaviors yeah. because, and thought patterns that become behaviors onto us. And it's like, really, it's crazy glued on there. Um, and this is what we call dysregulated behavior in terms of trauma resolution. Um, so there will be these behaviors that we adopted to cope with the trauma, drama, drama, whatever, from the core wound. And because we're children at the time, as we're growing and starting to develop our abstract thinking, but we don't have it at first, we be we identify with that so that's where it's i'm i'm sloppy i'm crazy i'm messy i can't read i don't know this people don't like me i'm a problem you know all of that kind of self talk mm -hmm. comes out of that that core wound re yeah. reaction and so yeah. a big part of doing any kind of work where you're going to open yourself up to be of service to people is that you got to find out, okay, what is walking inside of you? What's right. living inside of you? What's crazy glued onto you? Because all of this will be in our subconscious until we begin to become conscious of it. Right. And then you have to work on removing it, which you, you know about. Yeah. That's kind of that's my that, thing. That's that baggage. That, that, yes, yes. <laughs> that, that baggage. <laughs> <laughs> how did you how did how did you release your baggage at first? Yeah. So keeping clean. So that's the first thing is to have this consciousness that yeah, you're human. You yeah. got you got stuff. You got right? things. You got everything. And if like, you're not, this, yeah, I'm sorry. And if you're not taking on cleaning it out, cleaning it up, you're going to transfer it. So that's my ministry. Any pain that is not transformed is transferred. Yes. Richard Rohr comes from Richard Rohr, right? So what does that mean? That means if I'm going to be effective in helping people and doing my work and whether I'm working with an individual, working with groups, working with an organization, right? No different. If I'm not coming clean, meaning that I have a consciousness about 
who I am, what I am, and I mastered it, meaning I'm willing to, when it shows up, respond. I know Mm -hmm. how to respond with love, not fear. Um, Then I got a good chance. I got a good chance of being a support and not transferring my pain. So again, so the awareness of it, conscious awareness is essential. It's essential to have it. And the other thing is, too, I'll tell you, a really, really big one, Charles, forgiveness. Mm. Dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The practice of forgiveness. And next year, 2022, is going to be a big forgiveness year. Yeah. And forgiveness isn't about letting somebody off the hook, you know, um, letting yourself off the hook. No. It really is about transforming that pain that you were carrying from what was done to you or what you did to somebody else. So it really is about releasing and it's nothing we can do just intellectually. This is what you really, people have to really, 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 really understand. Come on. Because it's an energetic, it's an energetic. It's one of those things that's crazy glued to us. And so you have to be willing and open to receiving this as a cosmic grace yes a, a grace from a greater order and direction i don't care what you call your god but you receive this grace of forgiveness yes and it's like something comes in and snatches that pain out of you so that when you wake up the next day you're like something's different mm-hmm. and it's different it's like you mm-hmm. get access to a part of your brain Right, mm-hmm. the rewiring, the synapses. There's now I got access to a part of my brain I couldn't get access to before. Yeah, you didn't. You expanded your bandwidth, and now you're running on a different frequency. A different frequency. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh! So you keep your vibrations quite high. Then your vibrations always have to be high in order for you to go into that realm. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I, you I, definitely I, want it to be high because if you're yeah. going into it out of fear, if you're going into it because you're tired, mm-hmm. but I got to do this because I got to make some money. Mm-mm-mm. Twilight mm-hmm. Masters got you. That's all they're waiting for. <laughs> I got them now, you know. Now, so you have to come at it cleanly. Yeah. You also went on a journey too. you called yourself a shamanic. Uh, organization Shamanic. now let's let's get into that shaman piece right <laughs> there shaman piece when yeah, does that show up right? exactly <laughs> that is fascinating though because you come from a spiritual realm within your family lineage right. and then with your mentor but then yeah. you also went into some, uh, like uh, something with the native. went to a next level yes yeah. please which let you, us know about that which you can see on my bookcase behind me see that medicine wheel right there yeah yeah, yeah. That's the African medicine wheel from Burkina Faso and really the Diagra, the Dagra tribe, which would have been all over West Africa because the creation of countries and, and invisible lines, that's a very European thing. Yes. That's not how Africa was organized. Really organized in fractals. There have been people who have taken some pictures from, you know, from above mm-hmm. at some of the remaining little remaining you know actual indigenous villages mm-hmm. and when they look at them they see oh my god it's a fractal it's a fractal you yeah, know right because beautiful. we're 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 human beings and we're connected to the universe yeah so um this um tribe the dagger tribe i know is my ancestral tribe i i just know it know it know it so it had been calling me 
right? Mm. I didn't know it, but this is what I've been walking to. And the way it comes, it's a really cool story because I had this um, chiropractic when I was living in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And he had a mama who had done some after school programming out here in California. And I had done after school programming and got it. So we made a really good connection. He got it. like he wasn't afraid of black people, you know, <laughs> basically white man in Wisconsin wasn't afraid of black people. Right. So, so he was cool. You know, yeah. his brother. He was yeah. brother, we called out a brother blue. You know, yeah. he was brother blue. <laughs> so old brother blue show up one day with a, a, a tape. So that tells you how old is how long ago this was. Right. A right. Tape, right. Right. Audio tape. Um, these three men doing a men's weekend in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. One of them was a great James Hillman, a great Jungian psychologist, love his stuff. The other was a storyteller from the Bronx called Michael Mead. Uh, you know, got that, that Bronx accent. You yeah. know, <laughs> amazing, amazing into the Celtic as well as African tradition, whatever indigenous tradition, he collects stories and he tells them so beautifully. Very cool. And then, who becomes my teacher, Maladoma Some. And I go home and I listen to this tape and I'm blown away. It was so powerful. The most powerful was Maladoma was telling the story of how he got initiated at the age of 21 into his tribe after having been in a Catholic boarding school from the age of five, not allowed to learn about his culture not allowed to speak his family name, um, was on his way to be a priest and got out of it, goes through a, a David Copperfield story of, of magically getting back to his tribe. His mm. mother recognizes him and he decides that if he's going to be able to exist in this world, because he can't be in the white man's world, he's clear about that, but he also yeah. can't be in the village. He's a threat to them because he knows now how to read and write. Yeah, really yeah, deep, yeah, really deep. Like that yeah. part of his brain has been activated. Oh, he's dangerous, right? Yeah. So he wanted to connect with the tribe and he asked if he can be initiated. And at first they say no, but two elders were like, he, his name is a man who makes friends with the enemy, you know, the stranger enemy. Mm. And so he, he has to go through this because he's going to teach something here. Exactly. And so he ends up, um, just in his story, which is amazing. So he ends up going through the initiation. He survives it miraculously. And then they tell him, okay, now you got to go back into the Western world because you're going to have to help us preserve this culture. So he goes back, he goes to the Sorbonne and gets a PhD there. And then he comes to uh, Massachusetts and he gets another PhD. And so he has two PhDs. Wow. Yeah, very fascinating. He's just absolutely brilliant and crazy. So, uh, how can you not be? How can you not be after what his story, what he went through, you know, exactly. pedophilic priest and all that. Oof. But I listened to him do this talk about yeah. initiation, the power of initiation, the importance of initiation and uh -huh. the loss of that in our culture. But he starts telling a little bit of what he went through. And there was something in the timbre of his voice, Charles that just spoke to me like, yeah, I know this, right? Yeah. So what happens is I find out that he wrote this book. It's called A Water in the Spirit. And this is where he really tells more of the story of initiation. Mm -hmm. So it takes me two years to read it, get it, put it on my bookshelf, two years. 
So it ha- I had to get to it at the right time, right. which is that I'd left my corporate job. It wasn't corporate, it was nonprofit, but it was for a national office, quasi-corporate. I dropped out from that because I realized I wasn't being fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And I just opened myself up to, okay, what's next? And so, oh, yes, yeah, time to read this book. Changed my life. Um, we start having conversations during the time I'm reading it. You know, it's like, it, it's just amazing. And every chapter is just filling me, filling me, filling me, right? Because like so, I said, this is this is my tribe. This is my medicine. It's, this story is a medicine story for me, right? So I'm yeah. being rewired as I'm going through this process. I finish it. And then I can't wait to tell my friends about it and tell this one friend at lunch. Oh my God, it's so good. You got to read a lot. And she's like, just reading. I saw his name in a magazine about a retreat that's coming up. Hmm. I'll go check it and let you know. I say, okay, great. You think nothing of it, right? Yeah. Within a half an hour, she calls me, gives me the name of the retreat and a phone number to call. Mm-mm-mm. That's another, crazy. another two weeks go by. <laughs> and I call. And four months later, yeah, I'm out in the wilds of Montana, right, on this eighty-acre, eight hundred-acre ranch wow. with coyotes running around and bears <laughs> and lions and tigers and bears on mine, <laughs> and uh, getting getting initiated, which I now understand. It took me ten years to realize that that's what was happening, but I right. was being initiated into the medicine and. The beautiful thing too is that I have Cherokee backgrounds, so and my my great grandmother was Cherokee on my on my maternal side. Right. And my grandfather used to take me into the woods, and we'd get bark, and we'd make grandpop's medicine, you know, and <laughs> tell me about, you know, yeah, he, he he taught me all those kinds of things, and that mm-hmm. connection to nature, the importance of being connected to nature, right? You know, so there was a Native American woman also that he was co-facilitating with, so I get both of those medicines. So I call it the medicine of the buffalo and the lion, mm. and so I didn't have to. Like, oh, I can't, if I'm doing African, I can't do Native American. No, 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 no. They were like, no, we, this is you. You have it all in you. It's all within you. And mm-hmm. you carry it in the way that you're supposed to carry it. Amen. Like yeah. the, all the modalities can work together. Yeah. Exactly. And, and yeah. And that's just... what the time for it. You know, it really, the 2012 part, a big message from the 2012 shift was about the coming together of all the nations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The First Nations up in uh, Canada. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. and 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 in the world too, just like oh. all of the nations, all of the races coming together. That's I the age that, that we're in. Yeah, that is. It's very called cool. the rainbow, the rainbow prophecy. Huh. Yes. Uh, that is wow. Powerful. That, yeah, that it powerful. had to be powerful in order, mm-hmm. and like because they have an, a, a a bigger identity now, a bigger presence. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So the beautiful. Moving and shaking. Yeah. And so that began, you know, my association with Maladoma and, you know, um, over a five-year period, I had the opportunity to work with him, learn from him, um, go to gatherings he was doing, and he'd let me assist, you know, he was always very gracious. And so I kind of apprenticed learning, you know, more just about how to carry this medicine, like yeah. how, watching how he carried it, what he did, um, how he worked with groups, um, you know, how he stayed grounded, you know, right. just all of that was really great. Right. And um, then 
it became time for me to take it and to use it. And through the grace of God, I was able to insert it mm-hmm. into a human services organization and a program that I wow. created called the Wisdom Walk to Self Mastery, which turned out to be for men um, who were uh, coming to the program because of domestic violence. And so um, this was a healing opportunity for the ones who couldn't do well in the regular classes because of either their inability to pay attention. They were having so much, you know, they were living the post-traumatic symptoms um, or just had never been able to complete a program. You know, these were the ones that we knew like, okay, they need something more. Right. And so I was able to, to work with those men and very proud to say that one of them from my first cohort is now the steward and lead facilitator of the program. Congratulations. That's my Floyd. Yeah. I ah! love him to death. Yeah. And you, transi- I'm yeah. Sorry, you transitioned from uh, having the, like being with those groups of men to now being in larger organizations and companies. Right. And so it started with that organization because I was bringing such innovation and doing such different things, you know, with the men, right? Because I'm bringing in indigenous wisdom, spiritual and emotional intelligence, you know, movies, you know, all that good stuff. And um, so I um, was able, um, you know, executive director, Terry was just really open. So I was able to say, let me take the staff through this. Let, you know, let them understand and learn what I'm doing. And of course they need that too, right? Of They've course. got to work on cleaning out, clean out, let's clean out these core wounds. Big time. And so um, we've uh, created something that we call healing focus care. And uh, so we're in the process now of really um, directly going out to teach other organizations about this, this process. And um, I wrote the book, which you see here on my shelf. Um, as a tool for the men. Mm-hmm. And a good friend of mine said, you know, Judge Apata, it's going to be more helpful than just for the men. There are right. other people that would like to have that. So the wisdom walk to self-mastery, ancient wisdom for transforming pain. Yeah. And wow. uh, for people who want to take a deeper dive, Maladoma has uh, three books. One is the Of Water and Spirit, which mm-hmm. I highly recommend. Um, about his journey and about the initiation and just the honoring of, you know, the indigenous wisdom. And then one that's called the healing wisdom of Africa, where he breaks down the wheel and gives you information about the wheel and the rituals for it. Yeah, it's really beautiful. And, and, and he, you know, he's still out there teaching. So maladoma.com is his website and you can go, he's still holding gatherings and um, taking people through learning some of the modalities of um, the indigenous wisdom. Yeah. And with Maladoma, the, the first book that's called water and of water and the spirit of water and the spirit. That's the one that changed your life. That's the one that changed my life. Ah, I'm so excited. Does it have an audible by any chance? It may. I hope that's so. That's a good. That's a good. Yeah, I hope so too. I need to look up. That's a good question because I, you know, again, there's something in his voice, you know, yeah. because oh, his first language is French. Oh wow! But then he had to learn the Dagara, mm-hmm. and then he learned English. So it is there's something in his voice, a timbre of his speaking that it's just amazing. Oof, yeah. I bet you was super yeah. powerful. Yeah, oh my he's gosh. very powerful. Ah! Yeah. Well, yeah. just. You are so phenomenal. Um, 
it's it's so impressive to see how you your journey has gone from the genesis of you being a child and working with your or, or and learning these things from your mother and your mm-hmm. your mentor mm-hmm. but also going through this spiritual realm with like literal spirits and right. learning more within mm-hmm. yourself but then enhancing that to help organizations and some of the people that need it the most here in the world like this mm-hmm. such a beautiful like thing that you're doing and it's such a beautiful journey like it's it's inspiring for a guy like me that is helping people do do the, yes. the the deep work um i'm not doing it as much on the spiritual realm as yourself but there's still still a big spiritual um aspect to it so yeah. like yeah and you're you're being spiritually intelligent and that's what it's about you know, because a lot of people to, you know, think the work is uh, like shamanic work. A lot of people always will say to me, oh, do you do ayahuasca? You're like, no, right. nah. no ayahuasca. I don't need nothing. I don't need any mind altering anything because I, with my <laughs> own eyes, I can see enough. OK, yeah, I, need yeah. to, I need to be opened up like Andy Hoffman, <laughs> you know, and then boys. No, they needed that. They was at Harvard and they needed to be open. That ain't my walk. I, I come from a long line of folks is open. So and also I tell people, you know, you got to understand that mind altering drugs were used by the elders. So it's in a controlled situation and Mm. only for those that were tagged as being able to be healers for the village. Not everybody did does that, you know. Yeah. And, you know, again, you know, there's like Gabor Mate, you know, talks yeah. about him using it. And I can understand that, you know, he totally shaman, you know, he just need to come out and say, it, you know, <laughs> so if he's going to use it, I trust that. But yeah. he, you got to understand not every therapist is able to use that or should. You Amen. Know? Or yeah, should. because right. it's no, no. So, you know, really being being a practitioner of indigenous wisdom and, and spiritual elements it's it's very low key if it's mm. real. It's mm. n- there's no drama in it. There really isn't, you know. Because huh. you know, America and the West, everybody always wants something dramatic. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I tell people, I said, this is very subtle, and it doesn't need your permission to do what it needs to do. Huh. You are not in charge of it. Okay. You know, there's this guy named Elliot Cowan that I really respect, and he wrote a book about um, a plant spirit medicine. Mm-hmm. And so he, you know, teaches people. And one of the first thing he does with people is really break them down, get them humble, but also get them to understand. He said, you know, when you start working with the other world, that's mm-hmm. like going up against a tsunami wave. That's what you need to understand. You've gone up against a tsunami. Yeah. So you have to have some grounding and some understanding. You right. can't just be doing what you think you should do or what right. you want to do. You know, it ain't about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, that's like really, really important. But, you know, people who are thrill seeking and this and that, it's, uh, I don't have time for that. Hey, Amen. I ain't time for that. The, no. You could always save the drama. Like, yeah, I ain't got time for that. Rule number one is no BS. No BS. Mm-hmm. Rule number yeah. one. Yeah. That's yeah. what I live by. And, yeah. uh, well, thank you for coming on the Drop Your Baggage podcast where we talk to people that are dope that can bring you hope and teach you a technique to help you cope. And uh, my specialty, my expertise is in neuro linguistic programming. Um, now (laughs) I'm so excited. So I am not a a therapist. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a social worker. I'm I'm just an alternative to those things to help you shift your mindset to what you want, uh, to what it can be. And uh, also let's raise those vibrations a whole lot more today. Um, so with mental and emotional release, we're going to be releasing triggers 
And I will be explaining a whole lot more of that in a second. Now, there's only three things that you need to do for mental and emotional release. Number one, you need to use your imagination. Okay. Number two, you need to follow directions, just like you follow a good recipe or Google Maps. <laughs> <laughs> and number three is to trust the process. Know that I'm your guide. I'm going to be leading you through this easily and effortlessly. Wonderful. Yes. And I come at a place of love and high vibrations. Also, we need to create your timeline. Now, with okay. your timeline, your past can be to your left, to your right, or behind you. If you were to know, where's your past? To the left. Where's your future? To the right. All right. It's just like mine. Mine is left and right as well. <laughs> Perfect. Now, um, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be releasing triggers. Okay. Now, every single event has an emotion on it. Okay. Yes. Now, let's call the event the stick of dynamite. And let's call the emotion the wick in the dynamite. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to take the event and take out the emotion. So we're going to take the stick of dynamite and take out the wick. You see? So all you have is the dynamite, but it's right. not effective anymore. Right. So I want you to focus on as many events, as many memories as possible in this exercise. Okay. And I'll tell you when. Okay. All right. So. Today, you wanted to release the fear of the unknown. Yeah. Now, with the fear of the unknown, please let us know a bit about that and how you're feeling about that. Yeah. So I am going to be 65 in March. Mm. And I am entering into a time in life where your body starts to let you know that 65 isn't just a number. It is actually an experience mm -hmm. and you're stepping into a next phase of your life where you cannot expect your body to do what it did when you were 20. Mm -hmm. um, plus, we live in a culture that is very fear-based around health. And so I know that I am affected by that. You can't look at any YouTube or any television or anything without somebody from pharmaceutical advertising this drug for this, this drug for that, you know? And so the message is what? There's something wrong with you. Mm. Um, so I know that I am unconsciously carrying fears about cancer, heart failure, kidney failure, um, maybe even breathing now, especially with the COVID thing. So at least those four kind of chronic things I yeah. know that that's in me. And so this unknown is kind of like, okay, when are, when is this going to show up? Right. When is that going to show up? Right. Mm. And I'm clear that I don't want to live going into my elderhood and my senior years from a place of fear. Right. Yeah. With the fear. Um, tell us about the anxiety that you feel with that and how it affects you on a day to day. Yeah. You know, it's subtle, but it's there. Um, and I think I get awareness of it in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, I'll wake up and I can feel a fear, you know, that mm -hmm. is irrational. Like, because I'm, I'm safe, I'm good. It's not right. around me. Like, what, what, you know, I'm, <laughs> right. I'm in my, my dream community, you right. know. Um, so I know that, that that's one of the ways it shows up. Um, another is 
in the late afternoon when I usually am ready to take my walk. And so I start thinking about, you know, am I going to have enough energy? Am I going to do this? Da, 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 da. You know, it's like it, be, it becomes a problem, you right. know. Um, and then I think when there's something that I'm thinking about, when I'm starting to try and make some plans, mm -hmm. um, I know that I get a little anxious about, you know, will I have the stamina for this? Will right. I really be able to do this? Yeah. Yeah. So those are the, those are the times I'm aware, but it could be happening even more than that. But on a daily basis, I think those are the times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can you go into that place right now for a second and describe the physical, the kinesthetic feelings that you have, like where you feel sure. in your body uh, sure. specifically and how it feels? Yeah, I definitely feel it in my stomach. That's mm -hmm. where my fear definitely likes to hang out, likes to reside there. Mm -hmm. um, I've also been feeling it in my left knee. Interesting, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Right, in that left knee. And yeah, I did have some, I had a, a torn meniscus and I had surgery there. Mm -hmm. um, but that, that one usually is popping up. Um My breathing, I will notice sometimes is more shallow than I would like it to be right. when I'm, when I'm feeling that. Mm -hmm. um, I think mainly there, I was trying to, I was just sensing and feeling, is there something in my head? I'm feeling the head. I mean, you know what? In the shoulders, probably tightness in the shoulders. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's another place that lands for me. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. There's a there's a book by a wonderful, wonderful lady passed away. Her name is um, Louise Hay. And as you can oh, hear yeah. yourself. Oh, yeah. I know yeah. Louise. I yeah. have several copies. <laughs> and I give them out to people all the time. So the knees. So right on. And the shoulders are oh, the feelings okay. of carrying around something you have something heavy on your shoulders and you also right. it, it wears on your knees I, I remember both of those specifically as places where fear resides yes and of course that pit of your stomach when there's that a fear yes. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> let's go ahead and get rid of that fear for you oh my gosh I, i'm so excited hmm I said, all right. <laughs> all right, let's get it. Let's get it. All right. Um, so this is going to be just a sim simple, systematic guided meditation. Use your okay. imagination. Um, follow directions. Trust the process. Yes. So is it all right with your unconscious mind for you to release this fear of the unknown today and for you to be aware of it consciously? Yes. Awesome. What is the root cause of this problem? The first event, which when disconnected, that will cause this problem to disappear. If you were to know, when was the first time that you felt the fear of the unknown when you were just a little girl? Go way, mm -hmm. way back, elementary school. Let's get to that root cause. Yeah. Shall oh, I share it? Yes, yes. Uh, okay. Yeah, just, uh, I mean, as much as you feel comfortable sharing. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah. It's even before elementary school, it's infant. Mm. Um, because when I come home from the hospital, the story is my great grandmother puts out her arms and says, there's my baby. Mm. Because my mom was just so, so, you know, post, post now we know, right? Post, um, postpartum depression. Right. Um, so again, that moving from mama and into great grandmama. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It starts there. The transition. Where am I going? Who is right. this? Right. What's happening? That, that, the, the unknown of the next moment. Right. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you a question. Did everything work out? Yes. Hmm. Yes, it did. Okay. Yes, it did. Okay. All right. You can go ahead and close your eyes and relax and let me know when you're ready for the process to drop your baggage. I am ready. Awesome. Now, just imagine floating outside of your body as if though you were a spirit or energy. And just imagine seeing yourself right here, right now from a third person point of view, like a fly on the wall. Just hover above yourself and see everything around you. See the desk in front of you, all the books behind you, the glasses on your head, your beautiful earrings. Let me know when you can see yourself from a third person point of view. I'm there. Awesome. Now, just imagine floating up above your timeline and float to the left, deeper and deeper and deeper into the past. Above that first event in which you felt the fear of the unknown. When you were an infant with your mom and your great-grandmother and just float above that event seeing the whole event from a third-person point of view like a fly on the wall let me know when you can see the event i can see it now stay right there being the observer of the event now just ask your unconscious mind what it needs to learn from the event the learning of which will allow you to let go of the emotions easily and effortlessly. Your unconscious mind can't preserve the learnings so that if you need them in the future, they'll be there. Just tell your unconscious mind to preserve the learnings. This is an exercise of forgiveness and acceptance. Forgiveness for yourself and others and acceptance of yourself and others. Who do you have to forgive? What do you have to accept? Who do you have to accept? This exercise works best when you display empathy and compassion for yourself and others. Focus your attention upon how you're a survivor. Hurt people hurt people. We're all doing the best that we can with the resources and consciousness that we have. We can't control anyone else's actions, but we can control our response. We can grow stronger and wiser and learn from people's actions and mistakes. Other people's actions have nothing to do with you. It's only a reflection of their baggage or whatever they're going through at the time. And we're better people than we were when those events occurred. You're a better person than you were when those events occurred. 
Now, as you float above that event, being the observer, what is something positive and empowering you can tell that infant and your mom and your great-grandmother and everyone else involved in the event with the consciousness that you have today that will allow the emotions to evaporate like water on the concrete on a hot summer day? And as you preserve these learnings, the emotions are starting to dissipate more and more until they're all gone. Just let me know when they're all gone. That's right. Dissolved. Awesome. Now, with your eyes closed and you observing the event, tell me, what did you learn from the event? Hmm. Required reality. So it was very, very important that my mom give me over to my great-grandmother because she needed a rest. She needed Mm -hmm. that rest. And she had two other children that she had to be in consideration of. Mm -hmm. So she needed that rest. And my Mm great-grandmother needed to share with me mm-hmm. so many things. And uh, also my presence for her mm. was such a gift. Mm. And it gave her the opportunity to experience herself who had been so shut down, life so hard, such a struggle. And it gave her an opportunity to experience herself as loving, as gentle, as soft. And uh, yeah, she Mm. infused me with so many things. She spoke so many things to me that I've received and live out of. Shay, yes. That's beautiful. That's true. Yeah, that is true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Required reality, yes. (laughs) Now, as you float above the event with your eyes closed, tell me, what is something that you learned that you can take from the event to take into the future with you to make you a better person? Mm -hmm. How our existence matters that in ways that we aren't always going to be aware of, Mm -hmm. but we can trust that our existence matters and that we are connected to people in ways that we just can't know. Mm. And that ultimately, ultimately it brings about right outcome, Mm. but to really, really understand our value, our worth, that we matter. Yes. 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 Awesome. Mm -hmm. Now, just imagine floating up above your timeline and float deeper and deeper and deeper into the past above the dinosaurs during the prehistoric age. Let me know when you're above the dinosaurs. I'm there. Awesome. Now, as you're above the dinosaurs, just imagine floating deeper and deeper and deeper into space to where space in the atmosphere connects. And imagine your timeline is the size of a fingernail. Let me know when you're there. I'm there. No, just imagine floating there. 
weightless in space and ask yourself now where are the emotions tell me are they there or have they disappeared now they're not there awesome they've disappeared now just imagine floating down inside the event seeing through your own eyes as a little girl and check on the emotions tell me are they there or have they disappeared now not feeling them awesome not there Float back above the dinosaurs and then float into space to where space and the atmosphere connects. Let me know when you're there. I'm there. All right. Listen closely. Float very, very high above your timeline, above each and every event in which you felt the fear of the unknown from birth until now in chronological order. Don't skip one event that has a charge on it. Preserve the learnings and let go of that fear of the unknown all the way back to now. Go. That's right. Take your time. I'm here. <laughs> Float down into your body and open your eyes when you're ready. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you're so welcome. <laughs> How was that for you? That was really quite lovely, <laughs> yeah. especially with the dinosaurs. <laughs> I love hanging out with the dinosaurs. Oh, my God. So funny. Mm. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good, good stuff right there, huh? Yeah, it's good stuff right there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so wow. <laughs> different experience, yes. huh? Yes, yes, yes the um yeah so let's test it out can you smell bacon yes <laughs> well i asked that question to get your mind off of meditation okay but i also love bacon can we can go we can we can go to breakfast together let's get it <laughs> uh, can you remember a time in the past in which you used to feel that old emotion and go back and notice if you can feel it or you may find that you cannot you know i definitely um do take risk i do take a lot of risk hmm. um especially being an entrepreneur right yeah Tell me about it. That's a big risk. Um, but I'm not um, feeling, you know, anything. I'm not feeling anything with something I'm thinking about, you know, because always right. It goes back to money. It goes back to time. It goes back to what if, yes. you know, and kind of thing. But I'm not feeling any nothing in my tummy. Shoulders feel relaxed. The knee is good. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling any tension as I'm just kind of ticker taping through, you know, some of the things that would cause that. Or even thinking about the dis-ease, yes. you know, of aging. Um, yeah, I'm not feeling it. Yeah. So there's a, there's a, I, um, a visceral difference between how you felt before and going yes. back to that and then how you feel now. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And you know, what's really beautiful is what's that? going forward. I can now connect. And that was a real surprise to me that that's when it came up 
you know, oh, like with infancy. yeah, because I was going for <laughs> kindergarten. Like right. I'm trying, I'm trying to do kindergarten. They're like, oh yeah. no, oh no, honey, <laughs> keep <let's> going. Like here we go. So I'm like, but the you know, because both my great grandmother and my grand and my mom are mm -hmm. in the ancestral realm. And my grandmother was there, probably there too, Lillian. But these women, this triumvirate, you know, are so important mm -hmm. in my life. My great grandmother, um, I have a letter from her that she wrote to parents about the importance of Sunday school for children. Wow. And this beautiful cursive writing. But she was a community worker. She was about the children. You know, like that's what she gave me. Mm. Um, you know, I'll sacrifice everything to make sure children are okay in this world, you know. Amen. Amen. Um, and so to have that as a buffer for when that tries to creep back in, yeah. you know, like you're going to die. You're gonna, sorry. <laughs> and to wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. I don't need to be afraid of that. I don't need to be afraid of that. And I have that energetic now stamped on me, mm. you know, like a talisman. That's beautiful. Like a touchstone. So there was an acceptance of that yeah. spiritual kind of yeah. realm now. Yeah. What makes it more peaceful? What did you accept? Yeah. I accept it. <laughs> My sacred contract. Mm. Um, that's what I mean by required realities. Um, you know, our core wound is for a purpose. There's great treasure in it. Yes. And so mining a treasure, you know, but you have to accept these required realities right. if you're going to get to the treasure. 100%. The, it's a required reality that your mom was going through that postpartum depression. And that you had to go with your great grandmother. It's just the reality of it all. It's the reality yeah. of the situation. And the reality of the situation also is that we're going to make that transition. Yeah. And that you're right. going to join yeah. your ancestors. Right. In that That's ancestral right. realm. Yeah. That's beautiful. Okay. That is very beautiful. Yeah. I don't need to be afraid. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's deep. Yeah, because, you know, it's so irrational, right? The fear is so irrational. It, you know, it's not intellectual. It's really in that that realm of, you know, what we, we think we're supposed to. Again, like I say, it gets crazy glued to us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this really, you, you had the right adhesive remover. <laughs> <laughs> that goo gone, right? That's the super duper goo gone. <laughs> yes, yes. The um, and it's so fascinating that that's also where you 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 know dwell into when you were in your forties as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yet yeah. it was it was something that you never thought you'd actually be a part of. Right. And on the other side, on the other perspective. Exactly. Huh. Definitely. Definitely. What do you see? You can't make this stuff up. I know, right? Um, I want you to so I want you to go out. Uh, so the other part of the coin is we went into the past. 
I want, uh, I want you to imagine going out into the future to an unspecified okay. time in the future in which if it would have happened in the past, you would have felt a fear of the unknown. But it's the future now. So see if you can find that old emotion or you may find that you cannot. Not feeling it. Yeah, I I knew that. It was just uh, something that. Yeah, uh, not feeling it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Feel like I'm required to do. The how long did you have this fear? Did you did your did your mortality run upon you? Probably most consciously when my mother died. Mm. How long was that? And she was um, that was uh, twenty years ago. And she was the final in a decade of us, me and my brother and sister and cousins, losing the majority of adults who had raised us. Mm. And chronic disease, cancer, heart attack, you know, um, diabetes. And um, most of them were just still in their 50s or early 60s, Mm. you know. So, you know, the age trigger for me, right? 65, because Ooh. my mother died at 67 from lung cancer. And, you know, that, that's, tra- that's trauma for you when you watch Huge. somebody you love and somebody that important in your life. I mean, she really was God to me, right. um, you know, to go. And I was blessed to be able to be there and be one of the caretakers, me and my sister. Mm-hmm. And I knew that was important. I knew that was essential for me um, to do that. But, you know, and I knew, too, I got stamped more with this this fear around mortality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so when 60 something started creeping around, you're like, oh, man, it's around that time that that mom died. Like, What's in store for me? Right. Exactly. You no. Know, if, right, some, exactly. if someone that was so amazing could just go. Right. What does that mean about me? What does that mean about me? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's, you know, that's the the trauma mind. Yeah, exactly. Kick your butt. Kick your butt. (laughs) Keep you up in the morning. Keep you up in the morning. Like, (laughs) (laughs) be waking up in the middle of the night, heart all palpitating. (laughs) You don't even know why. What's going on here? Why is this happening? Help me. You know, Uh, no, it's no joke. And people don't even realize sometimes they don't connect the dots. We don't connect the dots enough, but. You know, when you, you know, when we, we connected and you, we met and talked about, you know, you doing this work and you asked me, you know, what I'm going to work on, you know, it was right there. I oh, knew. yeah. I know. Oh, this is it. You I knew exactly yeah. what baggage you wanted to drop. Yeah. On, t- on, on, sp- on the spot. Yeah. Um, Big time. Big time. The, uh, it, it's so, it's so awesome that that i could help you with this so like now how do you see those commercials and everything right because those those are still still going to be there that they're, they're still, still going to be there right in the, the yeah they're still in our right. our um they're going to be in your consciousness right right how do you see those now yeah now i don't have to take it in right you know before i was taking it in but now I don't, I know I don't have to take it in. Mm-hmm. And if I do, um, I will be able to be more conscious of, of it, 
you know, because let's be clear, as human beings, of course, we're going to be afraid of the unknown. The issue is, though, am I allowing it to run my life? Am I allowing it to block me, to hold me back, to sidetrack me from what my purpose is, what it is that I'm here to do? Mm -hmm. So that's really what it's about. It's like growing that greater awareness that, you know, you're you're participating in this block and you don't have to do that. Yes. You have to do that anymore. Yeah. Amen. This great grandma, mama, and grandma, they they got me. They got me. They got me. Okay. Okay. What's another major event that you went through in your timeline that really helped you let it go as well? Um, That you feel comfortable telling us about. Yeah. In terms of being uh, the fear of the unknown. Yeah. 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 Um, Probably I'll say with um, where am I going to live? Because I have been a nomad, as I shared with you, and that really came after my mother died. Like I really had to get on my path and not keep imitating her path because I realized I really was, you know, and that's what you do with somebody that powerful, you know, oh, yeah. stands out, you know. Oh, yeah. So I realized I had to really get off of imitating her path and get on mine, which is that I am called to be this shamanic healer. I do have this gift and I need to go out and learn how to live that, how to be that. Um, and so I, I was a six and a half year sojourn. And so I was moving from house. I was like the ugly duckling. If you know the real story, the ugly duckling. It leaves its it leaves its not tribe, you know, who it wasn't connected to, and it goes on this journey. It wanders from farmhouse to farmhouse, trying to find out where it is, you know. Mm. And so that has been a thing for me. It's like, okay, where am I going to be? Where am I going to live? How am I going to live? Da, 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 you know. And now, uh, with this beautiful talisman that I that I now can hold, I can stop thinking that this is about me having to wander and not have a place and open up to, oh, there's purpose in how I get moved about. That it's not about, I don't have a home. Cause you know, Dorothy done taught us home is within, right? Amen. If, it, if, I, if I can't find it, then I ain't never lost it to begin with. I don't need to be going around, <laughs> running around a witch's castle. I got the, I got the ruby slippers on all the time. Uh, and, right. You know? uh, uh, and so, yeah, I just really getting that, that, you know, the home is within. And so my being moved has great purpose and I don't need, need to hold that as, something to be afraid of, but actually something to feel honored about, you know, God moved me around the chessboard. Yeah. You know? Amen. For that, a reason, right. For is, purpose. That yeah, is for deep. Purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Jojo Pomeria. Yeah. Thank you so much for showing up for your divine appointment. Mr. Charles Warfuck. Thank you so much for listening to your call and for doing your great work. You know, I truly believe that we have entered into this new age of Aquarius where it is to be ramped up for people to, you know, know that you have a block and to dissolve it, to transform that pain, not to keep transferring it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I see you as part of a generation that is able to get at this stuff faster 
yes, it's coming out of all the good work that my boomers, my baby boomers, we have done. We crazy. Yeah. You know, we crazy. <laughs> but 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 we're good crazy. You yeah. know? But uh, you all are, you know, here now to take what we've laid out and to really run with it. So I want to thank you again for choosing to be and do what you have to do. And I will be referring many people to you. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, you're very welcome. You mm-hmm. deserve it. Yeah. yeah. This is uh, good stuff. Please give us, I mean, you've given us so much wisdom, but can we get one more word of wisdom from you? Please? Of course. It's my my great pleasure. Um, you know, one of the big consequences of 5 million people leaving the planet over the last two years as a result of COVID, has, what it has done, it has had us in this grief, this overwhelming grief energy. And so we're looking for connections. We're looking for connections. Unfortunately, social media has made us believe that getting connected is friending somebody and somebody saying, yes, you can be my friend. So we've, we've shallowed out connections. And the reality is, is that you don't need to be connected to everybody. You have a sacred contract. There are certain people that you are supposed to connect with and in a deep way, meaning that it's meaningful. And to have that be what you open yourself up to experiencing. Don't just want to connect to be connecting because you're lonely. And if you watch the show, Only Murders in the Building, um, Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena, you know, the big theme in that is loneliness. And what happens when when you try to connect out of fear versus out of purpose. So we need to open up to what is our purpose and choose to connect authentically with people who are aligned with that. Mm-hmm. And Charles, that is why I could show up for your show. I don't do, I don't just do this. I don't need to just be out on a podcast. Right. <laughs> I'm on, I'm on stuff I'm doing, right? Yeah. Um, but I knew that connection. I even said that to you, like, right, this is, this is ordained. This yeah. is, uh, we've got a sacred contract going here because you can feel it. You can feel it in your bones. Mm-hmm. And the the experience of flow when we are engaging that's another important thing to look for you know we're mm-hmm. not fiddling, fiddling around for words or trying to figure this out and it's like oh boy i've known you for centuries <laughs> right you know oh child look at you child, look at you now you know come into this lifetime look at you, boy. i know you right you know, I mean, it's like that. Like we're sitting up on the, on the porch drinking lemonade, right. you know, rocking and telling mom's namely jokes. And, you know, it's, <laughs> and that's what we all have to know that we can have. Mm-hmm. That's what we can have. Stay away from those shallow connections that you think I got to do this to get money or I got to do this to get attention. What? Leave that alone. Leave it alone. Because all the money in the world can't help you. Mm. There are several people you can ask about that, like Jeff Bezos, <laughs> the Virgin Airlines guys, you know, <laughs> they got so much money, they don't know what to do with themselves. Mm-hmm. And people sitting up here without homes, veterans, and they spending money to send some missile up to do what? Mess up your blood pressure because you ain't supposed to be up above gravity. <laughs> Let's be real clear. 
you on this earth plane for a reason. You don't need to be up for gravity. But anyway, but that's my wisdom is that, yeah, we want these connections because we are all so overwhelmed. But please, please do it out of love, not fear. Choose connections that are generative, healthy, and that make you happy. Mm. I should. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and with that, ladies and gentlemen, Thank you all so much for tuning into the Drop Your Baggage podcast. Thank you for your attention and your support and your love. And I love each and every one of you all. Um, And this is where we talk to people that are dope, that can bring you hope and teach you a technique that can help you cope. And until next time, please take care of yourself and take care of one another. Peace. (laughs) Ashay.